you for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. The Bible is said to contain over 7,000 promises. And in 2 Corinthians 1.20 it says, For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in Him. And as His yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring Him glory. Today, Pastor will give us the tools we need to stand firm on the promises of God. I want to start today in Hebrews chapter 11. This is going to be a standalone message, and I already know I've got like three times more stuff than I can tell you. So the subject today is how to receive the promises of God. How to receive the promises of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it's like God's uh, list of heroes, right? And, but it's not just a list of what has happened but it's supposed to like ignite in us the understanding that with God, all things are possible. Hebrews 11, verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fall down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who didn't believe when she received the spies with peace. And what more can I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jethro, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Back to the 33rd verse. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises. I want to talk to you about obtaining the promises. In 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. So we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Now notice that God's already provided for us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So your natural life and your spiritual life, all of it has been covered through the redemption of Jesus. But we've got to know about it. Because we won't, we won't walk in it without the knowledge. The knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue and has given us exceeding great and precious promises. Now get this, that through these exceeding great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, for all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, 
to the glory of God through us. So when we receive the promises, we receive, but God gets the glory. It's for the glory of God through us. Literally, when you and I believe and receive a promise, God is glorified. And I want you to notice it says that all of the promises are yes and amen in him. Now, if you're a Christian, that's where you are. You are in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, you become a believer. You're part of the body of Christ. Redemption is yours. You're in him. If that's the case, all of the promises of God are yes. And when you say yes, God says, amen, so be it. The promises belong to you. Uh, we tend to look at ourselves and we think, I don't qualify. And you're right. By merit, you don't qualify. But by grace, you do. The Bible literally says in Colossians 1, verse 12, that God the Father has qualified you for your share of the inheritance of the saints in light. You don't qualify because of how good you've been. You qualify because of how good Jesus has been. But every promise for you, God says, you say yes, God says, amen. It's yours. So in Luke, the fourth chapter, we find Jesus going to his hometown of Nazareth. And it says in verse 16, so he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Uh, two things here. First, Jesus' habit, his custom, was to be in church. That was his custom. I just want to say that's the best custom you can have. And notice that it said he stood up to read. Interestingly, in the Jewish synagogue, when they would read a scripture, they would stand up and then they would sit down to teach. Somebody said, why do you sit down? I just want to be like Jesus. Verse 17, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty of cap to captives, the recovery of sight to blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus went to the synagogue. When they gave him the books, what he, did, he found the place where it's written. Now, that's what you and I need to do. You need to find the place where the promise of God that covers your case is written. You say, well, I need peace. There's a promise for you, for peace. You say, I need provision. There's a promise for provision. You say, I need healing. There's a promise for healing. You say, well, I need deliverance. There is a promise for deliverance. It does not, listen, I, I have not counted them. 
And I, I think this is an exaggeration, but I'm going to tell you what I read multiple times. They said there's 7,000 promises. Huh? Let's just say there's 500. There's one that covers your case. And what you need to do is find the promise that covers your case. You say, why is that important? Because God confirms the word with signs following. God doesn't confirm your feelings, your ideas, or tradition. What God does is God does the Bible. People say, well, you never know what God's going to do. Yes, we do. We know exactly what God's going to do. He's going to do exactly what he said. He is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. God's going to do what he said in his word. Um, on more than one occasion, I would even say many occasions, I've had people come up and say, I want you to pray for me about a specific thing, whether it's for, for peace, for healing, for, for provision, whatever it is. And I will ask a simple question. What scripture are you standing on? And the most common answer that I get is this. Well, none in particular. Well, you know what you're going to get? Nothing in particular. Because God doesn't do your feelings. God does the word. God does the word. Your faith needs to be based in it. Jesus found the place where it was written. And he read it, and this is what he said. Today, this scripture is true. And it's true concerning me today. That's what Jesus said. And that is literally how we obtain the promises. We find that promise and we realize it's true. It's true today and it's true for me. It's one thing to believe in a promise, right? And it's another, that, it, that it's true, right? How we say, I can say it like this. It's one thing to believe in healing and it's another thing to believe for healing. There's a lot of people that believe, yep, healing's in the Bible, but they're not, they believe that with all their heart, but they're not believing for it. When you say this, this scripture is true today and it's true for me today, that's when you're, you're, you're receiving it. Now, understand this. Everything that you receive from God is spiritually received. Spiritually received. Take salvation as an example. Romans 10. For with the mouth, with your mouth, you confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto. Now, it's talking here about righteousness, but it's also true about a provision. It's true about peace. It's true about deliverance. It's true about healing. With the heart, one believes unto. So you believe it before you see it. Got that? Because it's received, first of all, in your, in your heart. That's where it comes first. And if you don't believe it in your heart, you're never going to see it with your eyes. But you've got to believe. Everything we receive from God, you receive, first of all, by faith in your heart. And really, whether it's peace, deliverance, joy, provision, healing, that's how it comes. Now, you, in a real sense, in your word are one. And God and his word are one. God said in Jeremiah 1, 12, 
for I'm ready to perform my word. One translation says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Psalms 138 verse two, for you, God, have magnified your word above all your name. In other words, if God does not do what he said, he's not God. Jesus said in Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the second verse, it says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Speaking about the Old Testament, in fact, the the children of Israel, as they're going through the desert, they're actually referred to in one place as the church in the wilderness. The gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So the fact that the promise is there means it's available to you. But it only works when you mix faith with it. You've got the promise, but you've got to receive it, mix it with faith. They had the promise. You're going to go into the promised land. But when they saw the giants and the walled cities and the opposition, they didn't believe it. And they didn't receive it. Physical circumstances can be very contrary to the promise of God. But in spite of those physical circumstances, you have to believe the promise. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham had a promise from God that he was going to become a father, being about 100 years old. And the Bible says that Sarah was past the age of childbearing, and Abraham's body was no longer functioning. It says that he looked at those circumstances, but in hope, he believed contrary to hope. He said, you know what? In the natural, it's impossible, but that doesn't matter. I believe what God has promised me is going to come to pass. He believed against the circumstances. So what we receive, we receive by faith. In Hebrews 10, it says, therefore, don't cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, when it says here, the promise, it's literally talking about the resurrection of the dead and the eternal kingdom. But it's not true only about the promise. It's true about every promise. You have need of endurance. After you've done the will of God, you believe, then you receive the promise. Jesus, again, Um, we just read in Luke's gospel, he went to to Nazareth and he preached a sermon. Mark gives his account and said that Jesus, after he'd gone to the synagogue and he had spoke, he could do no mighty work there. Now, I I remember when I I first saw, I I went to Sunday school and I went to church growing up and I heard God, Jesus, he can do anything. How many ever heard that one? I can do anything. But yet here, Jesus couldn't do anything. It doesn't say he wouldn't do a mighty work. It says he couldn't, could not do a mighty work. You say, why? Well, because of their unbelief. So although Jesus comes anointed by the Spirit of God to bring healing 
He couldn't do it because of their unbelief. So we can have a promise, but we have to mix it with faith in order to receive it. When the man with the epileptic, epileptic son comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you can help us, please help us. And what the guy is literally trying to do is he's trying to put everything on Jesus. But Jesus will not accept that. Jesus says to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I know many Christians, when it comes to the promises of God, this is their attitude. Well, if God wants to do it, he will. And if he doesn't, he won't. It's just whatever God wants. But that is not true. Jesus said to the man, he said, it's not up to me. He said, it's up to you. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, here's what the man said. He said, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's possible to believe and have unbelief at the same time. And unbelief is pulling one way and belief is pulling another way. And very often what happens because of the unbelief, it's not that we don't have faith. It's that we also have unbelief. Right? We've heard stories. We feel things in our body, whatever it is. And so we, we do believe, but yet where there's unbelief at the same time. Where the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, well, we look not at the things that are seen, is what faith does, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, temporary, subject to change. But the things that are not seen, they are eternal. Those are the eternal things. Those things in the spiritual realm. Here's what so often what we do when we come to God. Instead of coming to God with a promise, we come to God with a problem. We tell God how big our problem is. We tell God how long we've had it. We tell him how much it hurts. We tell him how much it costs. We talk to him about how it runs in the family. We tell God all about the problem. I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I have been rebuked more than once. I, I, I'll tell a genie story, all right? Years ago, years ago, it was years ago, okay, before I was perfect. <laughs> she was praying, and she was telling God all about me. God, he doesn't do this, and God, he doesn't do that, and God is this, and God is that. And God literally said to her, quit complaining. Often, that's what we do. We just complain. Right? And God literally showed her scriptures to pray promises to pray over her husband, over me. But so often, that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I've got this problem, and, and this is what they're doing, and this is how it hurts, and this is how much it costs, and, and we're telling the problem, but what we need, to, God knows the problem. And the more you talk about the problem, the bigger it gets. What God wants to hear is his, pro, is his promise. He says, put me in remembrance of my word. We've got to go to God with the promise, not with the problem. I think it's interesting in, in Psalms 103 and verse 20, it says, bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. Right? So angels heed to the voice of his word. Right? Well, God has spoken his word, but you need to give voice to his word. It's in uh, Revelation where it says that when Jesus returns, that there's a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And with it, he destroys his enemies. 
I think it's Rick Renner who brings out that one time when you, when you, the, the, the one side of that sword, sword is God speaking the word, but the other side of the sword is you speaking the word. You need to say what God says about your situation. And as you speak his word, the, it literally puts angels into movement. In Numbers 23, it says this, he is not a human and he doesn't change his mind. What he says he'll do, he does. What he promises, he makes come true. What he promises, he makes come true. And we need to recognize that. We need to recognize God is watching over his word to perform it. And our faith needs to be in what God has said about our situation. I love what David said, Psalms 91. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Psalms 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And when we're speaking out in faith, uh, we're believing. We're believing. This is, this is what God has said. I put myself in agreement with what God said, and God is watching over his word to perform it. Uh, I, I like to say it like this, literally. It, it's like God's promises, God's power, it's voice activated. It's voice activated. You may have heard me tell this story before, but uh, years ago, I was in an airport. I was going someplace to preach. I don't remember where. And I, I went into the restroom, and, and I was getting ready to leave, and I went over to wash my hands, and uh, there, there were no keys on the side. There's no, nothing to move the water. No, and they had, they had just uh, gone through and, and uh, refurbished that airport. And I thought, whoa, they, 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 really, they really messed up here on the budget because I mean, there's nothing, no, no keys on the side to turn the water on. And uh, while I'm standing there looking at that, this guy comes up right next to me to the next faucet. He waves his hand under that faucet. Out comes the water. <laughs> Whoa, motion activated. That's cool. That's cool, right? But the promises of God are voice activated. They're voice activated. David said, I will say of the Lord. In Psalms 107, it, it, it says, but let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Right? In uh, Colossians 1 and verse 12, the Father who made you fit to receive a share in the possession which he promised to his dedicated people in the realm of light. God has promised you, he's qualified you for your share of the promises. David said it like this. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the, like the eagles. And the Holy Spirit literally helps us understand what God has freely given us. In Colossians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12, it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit comes and he comes to teach us what things belong to us as believers. What has Christ provided for us? Now, one of the things when it comes to the promises of God is you've got to stand against the enemy. Everything that God has blessed you with, there is a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. So 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we need to fight the good fight of faith. And literally, when you become a Christian, there is a fight, not against God, but against the enemy, right? In Luke's gospel, the 13th chapter, we find Jesus in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And it says in verse 11, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus is healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there's six days in which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, doesn't each one of you loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. Now, notice what Jesus said. Jesus brings in one of the promises of God. This is what Jesus said. Healing belongs to that woman. And it belongs to her because she's a daughter of Abraham. That's why it belongs to her. Now, notice what was wrong. Its root cause was an evil spirit. That's not always true. But it is true sometimes that a sickness, its root cause is demonic. That's why you've got to resist. So Jesus said, because she's a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be loosed. In Galatians chapter 3, it says, if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are heirs according to the promise. Just as much as healing belonged to her, Jesus said, because you're the seed of Abraham, healing belongs to you. It belongs to you. What Jesus did was brought out the promise that he's operating under to bring healing and deliverance to this woman. You, you'll you'll probably, well, let me just say it like this. Because things are spiritually received, here's what I've seen happen at times. Somebody receives a healing, but they receive it because of somebody else's faith or somebody else's anointing. And people can help you get there. Right? But when that happens, if you don't build your own faith, because so often it's the enemy that brings things. And Jesus made this statement. He said, you know, when an evil spirit goes out of a person, he says, it passes through dry places. And then it goes back. It goes back. It goes back. 
See, so often what happens, somebody receives something, but they don't build their own faith. And because they never build their own faith, the enemy comes back and they aren't ready to stand against what the enemy is doing. And the result is often they'll lose. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Ben-Hadad, the king of, of Syria, has besieged Samaria. And it's literally gotten to the place where, where people were eating a donkey's head and they were buying dove dung to eat. And the king is upset. He blames God. He says, this is God doing this. And so he says, you know, the prophet Elisha, it's all his fault. And he's going to see Elisha. And Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a selah of fine flour will be sold for a shekel and two selahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. He's basically saying, you can buy tomorrow a loaf of bread for two cents. And there's a famine that's on. So the officer on whose hand the king leaned answered and said to the man of God, look, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, could this thing be? So the prophet said, in fact, you'll see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And there's four lepers that are outside the gate. The city's been besieged. There's famine on the inside. And the lepers say, well, why sit we here till we die? If we go, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go to the enemy, maybe they'll feed us and we'll live. So they make their way towards the enemy camp. And it seems like God had some sort of amplifying equipment. Because as they're walking towards the camp, the enemy hears a tremendous noise, like an entire army coming at them. And they take off and run. And they come to the camp. Every person is gone and they've left everything. There's food, there's clothing, there's everything in abundance. So they go back and they bring word to the king. And the word gets out. And they open the gates and the people begin to swarm out. And that man who said, if it's po it, it wouldn't even be possible if God opened windows in heaven. He's standing by the gate. He gets trampled down and trampled to death. He saw it with his eye, but he never partook of it. To receive the promises of God, we've got to believe the promises of God. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary, this is, he, he told her, you're going to, you're going to be, you're, you're going to become pregnant by the, by the Holy Ghost. You're going to bring forth the Messiah. And she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her by the Lord. Say, I want to thank you for being with us today. But I want to ask you, do you know that you're right with God? The Bible says, know that you have everlasting life. In other words, we're supposed to know that we're forgiven. Know we're right with God. Know we're on our way to heaven. And if we don't know, we're not where we should be. And if you don't know today, I want to ask you to bow your head and to pray this prayer with me. I want you to make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins, and I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your kingdom. 
today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, God heard your prayer. And you are right with God. But we need to keep growing spiritually. And so I wrote a book that I want to send you absolutely free of charge, full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually. All the information is right there on your screen. You can download it absolutely free. If you need a hard copy, let us know. We'll send you a hard copy. Thank you so much for being with us today. We pray for you daily. We love you and God bless. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly. Or you can also find the audio version on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all over the world with the truth of God's Word. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways you can give. One, text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv give. Or three, click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. Here at Walking by Faith, we believe in the power of prayer. We have people standing by ready to pray with you. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. I pray you grab hold of God's promises and stand firm and confess them daily. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.